Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Corey Orek is an extroverted introvert, borderline recluse, who has been living and working abroad in Southeast Asia since 2006. She's worked as a coffee shop manager, ESL teacher, Swiss nanny, literally in Switzerland, kindergarten teacher, preschool teacher, education campus counselor, and five years ago, she joined her husband to run a social enterprise as a family business. She started out spending her free time volunteering in cancer hospitals, orphanages, and teaching HIV AIDS prevention education. More recently, that time has been spent mentoring startups and holding accountability meetups. I love that. She's a fierce (laughs) mental health advocate who has survived sexual assault, depression, anxiety, and panic attacks. She and her husband are currently riding out the pandemic in Bali with their quarantine kitty creature. Um, You might remember Corey because she's been a guest on the podcast before, and we decided on that episode that we needed to dedicate an entire episode, just the two of us, to mental health owning it, sharing it, screaming it from the rooftops, and I'm ready. I'm here. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to the show. Woohoo. I love talking feelings. I know. Well, what we were just talking about offline is, um, also, by the way, that bio, can we just... (laughs) (laughs) It was a first draft, and I'm like such a lower self-confidence, self-esteem, talking about myself type person. And I usually get really meek. And I just kind of was like, what's the real feelings? And then I was like, hey, Jake, does this work? And he was like, fucking done. Let's not edit anything. (laughs) And and go. I mean, you've done so much. You're like such an entrepreneur in like business, but also in life. I feel like there's not really a name for it. Yeah. Um, other, you know, in business, it's normal to entrepreneur and dabble in all sorts of things, but you've lived in so many places, you've worked in so many industries, volunteered across the board, um, really such a full life and human. And um, it's just really powerful to, to read all of that. Like, how does it feel hearing it? It's one of those things like, you know, when you're in the thick of something and, um, Okay. So there's the hindsight aspect where we're now in 2021 and we're like, did 2020 actually happen? And like, I I went through all those things or been doing things, but unless you recap it for an external source, you don't get that second to be like, oh, well, shit, I'm resilient. Like I didn't realize, (laughs) like, I feel so like small and meek all the time, but I'm, I'm, I've got this laundry list and I, I wanted to be all-encompassing in that bio because there isn't a word. I, I couldn't just say like entrepreneur or I don't even know. I like starting consulting. I'm like, I don't know the word consulting or coach. Like none of the words work. <laughs> totally. I feel that every day. It's like, 
I talk about being all of the things because it's really hard to just like label what it is that we are and who it is that we are. And yeah. And you're truly all of the things. And you know, that bio really says that. So what we're here to talk about today is mental health and just in business and our personal lives and our relationships. And what we're saying, or what I was saying to you before we started recording is, I don't know if you have this, but I have like Instagram relationships with people where I talk to certain people about something really specific. So for example, this gal, Rachel and I, all we do, we've bonded over our, I've never met her in person, know her through the Ram Dass Foundation, and we've bonded over our love for hummingbirds. So our whole Instagram relationship is like literally sending each other videos of hummingbirds in our yard via DM. Okay. I have this with another friend as well, like around astrology. And it's like, I have these like little mini Instagram relationships. And I was just having this revelation when I was thinking about you today, because you're one of them. We DM each other, which is like so ironic because (laughs) you sent me all these notes and I couldn't (laughs) find where you had sent them, but they were on Instagram. Um, and you're like my mental health relationship. Like you're like my mental health buddy on Instagram, where if I post something vulnerable or you post something vulnerable about about mental health, we kind of like check in and it's so nice to have that. And it's just sort of fun that that's who we've become for each other. And that's what really clicked with us and what really resonated because, um, you know, we've met through Emory and Trevor, we've met through business, we've talked about ethnotech and authentic audience. And I had you guys on around, you know, social business for good, that kind of stuff. But this is like where the real meat (laughs) I feel Mm -hmm. exists. And it's just like, let's cut through it and dive in. So just to say like, thank you for being open to having this conversation with me. And thank you for being my mental health buddy. Oh, my pleasure. The, the, you know, there's all these pain points about social media and about the whole, you know, I post pretty pictures, but I'm like in depression. So I, I end up posting more of both so that I can be real. But like, it's like the labels we were saying, having friendships is so multifaceted. And I have a bunch of people, like I have a good friend, Gemma, who I believe were friends from Ethnotech, but she was like Standing Rock and Mauna Kea and all these like really great movements. And we just started talking and we've had like deep conversations and like, I've never met her in person, but there's audio notes, there's all these things. And it's like such a, a blessing when people hold the right space for you and you don't depend on one person or a couple of people to dump everything on. Oh, I think that, that I just exhaled, like if my shoulders <laughs> dropped, just hearing you say that, like, especially, you know, you and I both work with our partners and, um, just having to rely on clay for so much within the business, like to have these little mini outlets and these little mini relationships, like that I know if I want to talk about channeling and like the 5d ascension, I'm going to go to Jordan. We're going to voice note for two hours, same thing. And we've met in person one time we've had lunch for an hour. And so many of my clients and working relationships, like you and I met and we dropped right in you and Jake and myself and Clay, we met at Emery's house, which is just like such a, just sitting on the couch, like old friends, it like was the weirdest feeling. Their house definitely like when people come through their home, I think that there's this trust that like, if, because Emery and Trevor are such good people and also such private people. So Mm. you kind of know that like, if you're being let into their home and they're like, you know, it's like the stamp of, of it's safe. Yes. You're like, Oh, I, there's like a shield. I've noticed that with people when you first meet them, 
when you have that soulmate click where like no words are expressed, but you're just like, I'm no longer anxious. I'm no longer nervous. I can be an idiot in front of you. Like it's all real. And that's that like, God bless the people that can provide that safe space for others like they do. I, I know totally. Um, I think I'm, I'm just like, you know, count my blessings for them every day. They've introduced me to so many people that I just consider like soul friends and you guys are totally that. And yeah, so I do think, especially with mental health, like you're not the only person I lean on, but you're definitely like one of my go-to people. One that I know I can be like super honest with what's happening. I don't have to lie about the business or anything that's going on. And it's just this really nice outlet to be able to check on each other too, because I know that, you know, Clay doesn't suffer from the same kind of anxiety I do. And even you and I don't suffer from the same kind of anxiety, which I want to unpack and talk about. But just knowing that, you know, someone else is going through it and can resonate and also is a business owner and also, you know, is trying to spin a bunch of different plates when getting out of bed that day is hard. We've bonded over our love for Nintendo DS and (laughs) that's a great outlet for my anxiety. So yeah, I just want to start by, you know, acknowledging that. And I think it's so important to, you know, give thanks to those people that do hold space for what we need when we need it and that we have those people. And I have so many of those Instagram friendships too, that are deep. We've never met. We voice note. It's, it's a beautiful tool and platform when used with the right intention. I think like, I don't know about you, but I spent years sharing with the wrong people (laughs) or expecting like expecting. So that, I think that's a huge one is that I would share expecting a specific level of support or understanding, or I don't even think I knew what I expected, but whatever was received was not right. And then it would spin me out further. But then, um, like I also projected so much. So if I found something that worked for me, I'd like sell it and shout it from the rooftops and push it on people. But if they're not ready or need the specific thing that hit me the right way, I'm probably making them so uncomfortable or making them question themselves or like unintentionally pressuring them to fix something they don't know they need to fix or address something they don't know to address. So it's so beautiful to hold on to those people where you're like, this is the, the, again, safe is like the thing that comes up. This is that avenue that you can go with and stick with. Yeah. Well, safe for an anxious person is like the best word and feeling you could possibly feel. I mean, I want to, we're going to dive into what we're currently experiencing, um, and like working through, but, um, you know, I am safe and what has made me feel unsafe, right? Like, because anxiety is feeling not in control. Um, Mm -hmm. and usually that leads to a feeling of, you know, feeling unsafe. And, and that's where a lot of that comes from. And especially my fear of flying, right? That's like one of the biggest triggers is feeling unsafe. So yes, very powerful. Um, Before we go any deeper, I would love to just get real and give a check-in with each other on where we're at right now. Like how is your mental health today in this moment? Because I know it's, you know, ever changing and evolving. So how are you today? How are you really today or this week? Yeah, I... I'm on a weird path of extreme 
ease. And so like, I definitely with deciding I want to do some consulting, I definitely feel that like that switch that connect to my like path, my dharma, my vision. Like I've, I feel that like, oh my God, this is what I've always meant to be doing. And it's just mine, all mine, not, not my family business, not my whatever else. It's just my little baby. So I have these like pockets of just thriving. And then these pockets of the world, acknowledging the world, pockets of um, business stressors from, I mean, everybody's still picking the pieces up from, from the last year and it's still really touch and go. And I feel really like uh, Jekyll and Hyde a lot. And I feel like both moments of I like, aha, I'm in the right place. This feels right. And then that moment of like, not full despair, but like, mm. what if next week? And what about in a couple of months? Like definitely with the pandemic, we're riding by the seat of our pants because it's interesting with visas. It's interesting with, we're literally on an island trapped in a house with just my husband. And that's been a lot because when you have those situations, it's like a dependency on, he's my husband, my business partner, my friend, my family. And all of that is what I need. And we can't show up for each other because it's just us trying to maintain that path. So tapping into this community, like reaching out more and reaching out to other like consultants and people that are feeling the way I feel, I feel like a bit more connected. So I'm in this like transition phase of complete loneliness shifting into, oh, there's, there's people, there's people out there. There's like other people I'm here. I like have a validation that's outside of like likes and shares and all those kinds of like validations. I have the validation, like of just being seen, Mm. which is monumental. Yeah. I mean, I resonate with all of that so deeply, especially the Jekyll and Hyde. I think that there's no better way to describe it. And for me, it's like on a day-to-day basis, an hour-to-hour basis. Hour-to-hour. And I think for my husband, especially like same thing, business partner, husband, best friend, and we just had a little bit of a blow up about this last night. Like, you know, I feel that I'm not getting that validation, that love, whatever. And he's like, just trying to keep his head above water with the business and everything else going on. And, and I was texting my friend about it and she was like, lean on your women, you know, like that was her response. And it's like, I, I do feel so grateful to have these people to lean on. And, and I do feel like oftentimes he gets the, the worst of it. And for me, there's two states. There's one, the flow state that I'm in right now. So I'm super present with you. I'm not thinking about anything else. And there's two, there's a, there's a key word here in both of these states and I'll see if you can find it. And, um, I'm in service to, we're talking about something really important. This conversation has been like begging us. We were like led to this conversation. (laughs) You know, I feel like we met because we were meant to have this conversation on my podcast and I'm in service to that. I'm in service to our listener. I never forget that there's somebody listening to this, um, going throughout their day, hoping, you know, to get a nugget of inspiration or connection and feel seen in those moments. I'm chill. I'm not hungry. I'm not tired. I'm not anxious. I'm not any of the things that throw me totally off. And then the other moment is when I'm in the bath. Um, and I'm again, super present, like hand on belly, listening to my music. I've got this epic playlist right now. I love my new bath. Like it's a vibe. And then 
I hang up the call or I get out of the bath and I'm just like, it just hits me like a ton of bricks. Like I was talking to my friend the other day about it. I'm like, I'm in it until I'm not. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like anxious thought after anxious thought. Like I don't even want to say out loud the anxious thoughts that I have because giving life and energy and breath to it is really, you know, the opposite of what we want to do, but it's like absurd, irrational. And I'm like, I was just in a peaceful state. I was just Which only in a- keeps you in the spin out, right? Because you're like, you were happy a minute ago. <laughs> and then I, and then that turns into a thing. And yeah. so it's, and the key word, um, spoiler alert is presence. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard when you suffer from anxiety because, or depression. And I feel that oftentimes, and this is a super generic way of putting it, but depression keeps you in the past and anxiety keeps you in the future. And neither of them are holding you in the present moment where everything is actually fine. Mm -hmm. And nothing about any part of me wants to stay in that moment. However, when I am in the bath and I can drop in, there's something that happens that brings me to my present. You can hear your breath if you put your ears underwater, like things like yeah, that. You can hear your heartbeat and see it in the water and, and your belly rising. Oh, it's this whole spiritual experience for me. And then when I'm doing this, when I'm coaching, creating in the flow, like you said, living my Dharma, I truly love what I do. I'm blessed with success in that way. Like I love what I do and I have, I make money doing it. So it's like, you know, there's so much external validation again, which is something I want to talk about that comes through that. But when I close the computer and I stop working at night, then I'm like with myself and with my thoughts and the spin out. And oftentimes when I, you know, I have the tools, we have the tools, I'm on anti-anxiety medication, but in the panic attack, you know, in that moment, I haven't had one in a little while by a little while. I mean like a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. Um, but it's just nearly impossible to come out of. Like, it's almost like, it's like, I'm just, I have to ride it. I don't know how you feel. I think, I think it's so easy for us to, like, we've been taught to villainize our, well, being in a, being a woman, we've been taught to villainize our emotions. So we've Mm -hmm. been taught to be embarrassed by crying, embarrassed by all these things. Like, um, it's just been shunned so much. I mean, men too. Men really are not allowed and encouraged to to be sensitive, emotional, vulnerable, all these things. So it's this this kind of awakening we're in right now where it's it's a little bit like it, it makes sense. But the problem is every single person is different. So it's never going to be easy to get the a hundred percent correct, like support, help tool, anything. Um, and just like giving yourself grace and patience and also making like your immediate circle aware that you're honoring it. So I have those moments often. And I've asked Jake a couple of things, like for one, we had to really work on how he can show up for me. Like I don't need a laundry list of suggestions. This is a conversation that that happened last night. (laughs) We are so in sync. It's It's so needed because we don't ask for what we need in those situations and we don't know what we need. And I don't know about you, but when Jake's like, let's go for a walk, let's, 
Let's um, go step outside. All of those things panic me further because I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I, I can't. And I don't know why I can't. And I want to. And then I just panic. So I got really like, Jake and I work on communication so much. And um, I ask like how he can show up for me for one is I have uh, code words. So like um, if I'm entering depression, instead of making it feel scary, I say like, I can feel the shadow coming. Mm. I'm having a shadow moment so that he just knows where I'm at. All it is is a pulse check. It's like testing the water. Mm. And we use different phrases like, where are you on the radar? Like, is there a blip of something coming out or is, are we cool? And um, making sure that he knows it's not, um, it's not him in that moment. And if it is, we'll talk about it later. But if it, it's not him in that second and um, I, I, I finally figured out that the one thing that helps me, especially in that shift of like, I felt good an hour ago. Now I feel like, at, like the, the world is crumbling. I just go wherever Jake is or call him or text him. And I'm just like, everything's okay. Right. Hmm. And he's like, yep. So we're healthy. We're both here. We had breakfast today. Like, yeah, no, everything's cool. And even if he's panicking, that's what he gives me just in that second. So I can have that like, yeah, that's so powerful too to have that in a partner, and and I truly believe our partners like Clay wants to do the best that he can for me. Yeah, and it's absolutely gut wrenching for him watching me have a panic attack, and it's like the last thing he wants. And and I know it's really hard, and we've done a lot of work around this as well and communicating it. And I think you know one thing. This is just like a perfect example of sort of what. Well, a couple of things blew me up yesterday, but name the day, right? But um. <laughs> I have something coming up that I'm very anxious about, irrationally so. I know in my, like, discernment, wisdom, intuitive space that it's totally fine. It's totally okay. Like, it's going to be great. But I am just spinning a story, right? And last night, I was finally opening up to, like, this is my fear. Like, this is so Mm – and for me to say it, for me to speak the anxiety is, like, a big deal. And he's like, we got to get over this. Like, you know, we got to, we got to kick this like that. There's no, and I'm like, no, like, no, mm-hmm. that is not what I need. He's like, you've wasted. Remember that other story? Years were wasted spinning that story. I'm like this all, like I already hate myself for wasting years on that story. <laughs> like, can you not? And he's like, sort of takes a step back and I'm like, I just need to be held in the anxiety. Like that must feel really awful. And I believe that everything's going to be okay. Like you can tell me everything's going to be okay. And I know it is and walk me through how it's going to go. But to say like, we got to get over this or like, this is a piece of me. This is a part of me. And these fears are going to come up. And I think creating those containers with our partners, with our friends, like I love what you said about making sure your immediate circle knows that you're honoring this thing that you're going through. And again, I think just communicating it and he totally understood. And I mean, he's so sweet. He's never had anxiety. He's definitely suffered from depression, but the anxious fear-based thoughts are like outrageous to him. And one thing our therapist said a long time ago that I think really, I like watched a light bulb switch on in his head was when Krista says, I feel blank, you believe her. 
Yeah. So it's not about like rationalizing or like going in your head because how she feels is probably very irrational to you and you're never going to understand it. But your job is to believe I'm afraid of X. I believe you. And that must be so scary. You know, if that's how you feel truly. That's the validation and invalidation. When someone says, and it, and it's a very supportive phrase that is encouraging in their perspective to say, it's not that big a deal. It immediately, in my mind, I have a multitude of spider webs that come out of it. And I'm just like, A, it is a big deal for me. B, should it not be a big deal? What's wrong with me? C, who else is witness? Like I just spin out and that whole, um, like I've been thinking about that a lot because I work, I, I have kind of like a, not a messy family dynamic, but a complicated one. And, um, I work on each individual relationship with my brother, my mom and my dad. And I, and I was thinking about how, the the fact that no one else is living the life you're living is such a good point to circle back to because I grew up in the same house as my brother and we will have 100% different memories or feelings or perspectives of the same situation because we're different humans. And I remember that with Jake, like we're both working on the same thing at work or we're both, we both saw the same thing, but I can't assume that that it hurt his feelings the way it hurt my feelings. I can't assume that <clears throat> it's not a big deal when it is a big deal because I don't know that what we saw sparked his core wound. I have no idea. And inside, suddenly he's like on a different level. And I'm like, wasn't that amazing? And he's like, <laughs> super, super good. But I'm like checking everything that happened in my entire life right now. <laughs> Totally. I mean, I think it's so powerful and like expecting again, expectations is like a big keyword that keeps coming up here, you know, expecting our partners or people in our world to understand what we're going through and what we're experiencing. And it's just, it's a recipe for disaster and Mm -hmm. have that compassion that, and I really do believe this. We are all doing the best we can with what we have. Um, and I believe in the moments where Clay doesn't show up how I need him to, he's doing the best he can. And if we can have that sort of grace and compassion for people, then we can have it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think with mental health, and I want to shift into how this affects us in business, because you've touched on, uh, in the notes, you sent me some really cool things that I think are going to be really powerful to unpack and share about. But I just think that, yeah, I mean, having these tools, having all of this stuff, and then also just having the compassion that we're doing the best we can. We're having this conversation right now. And in this moment, it's the best we can do. It's the best we can bring with what we know, with what we have, with what we're capable of. And it's easy to have that compassion for others. But I I think especially those that struggle with mental health, it comes along with a lot of shame, guilt, unworthiness, um, hiding, not wanting to show it, especially in business. Yes. Um, which is what I want to like focus in and shift in because you and I are both big faces of our business. Like you're the one literally, if you didn't know, by the way, at Ethnotech, you're talking to Corey um, when you're writing to this company and we have a lot of responsibility. And I know we both do a lot of responsibility, a lot of people counting on us. So I want to 
talk through some of these things that you listed out here, because a lot of them are super business related. And I think as female entrepreneurs, I think as human beings in general that are in business, small business owners, running companies, um, we have to figure out a way to have this conversation in the workplace more and do better. So there's a couple of things I wanted to touch on first. One is energy management. Um, this one really piqued my interest. So Corey, of course, inquiry fashion sent me a list of ideas. So can we start with this one after binging each episode and taking notes as I was listening? I'm just such an like over planner, overachiever. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're cut from the same cloth. So I think that's a great segue to into how we manage our energy and mental health um, when it comes to the business and deadlines and responsibilities and just, you know, jump in to this conversation. Yeah, I, I chose the term energy management because um, time management is inappropriate. Um, time is a very valid thing that we need to watch and respectfully show up for things that we've agreed on. But energy management is so much more because no matter, no matter how much you are looking forward to something or want to do something or believe in something, if your energy is out of balance for any reason whatsoever, it doesn't serve you or whoever else is involved in that thing to, to, to go through with it. So that's like, you know, I've, I've seen you, you know, share about the comfort and canceling plans and I fucking love canceling plans. I have friends that understand that just invite anyways and assume maybe a few of the times I'll come, like I'm trying my best or whatever, but I have moments where I will, I have a trouble with evenings because I'm a morning person. So when I have all day to look forward to a dinner, I can be so excited about it, but if the energy shifts throughout the day, it can be 30 minutes before that dinner and I can be physically and emotionally incapable of being in another person's presence. And I have gotten better at not lying about why I don't want to go and saying, also saying things like, I just don't like that. Like if someone invites me to dance, I will dance weirdly in live music, like everyone does. Right. I will dance super weirdly at the end of a night of cocktails. I can dance with my husband, no problem. But if there's other people, I'm the eighth grader on the back of the dance, watching everybody and panicking and not understanding what I'm supposed to do. And so I've just discovered the power of just being like, oh, that's okay. It's not my thing, but um, you want to catch dinner. Like, right. I don't want to shut anyone Why down. Is this so hard for yeah. us? Like, I, 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 yes. I just want to like validate that because saying <laughs> no and not only like I had to make an excuse the other day and I'm like so mad at myself for just not saying the truth and mm, or saying full stop. No, full stop. No, full, full stop, stop. No, without any. yeah. Full stop. No, you can just say no. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And I think this is so important with energy and managing it. And for me too, like part of my dharma and purpose is like showing up for people and being present. And if I'm having an experience, it's going to take away from that and like take away your time and your, from your energy. Like, I don't want to 
it kind of goes both ways. So I do this in work a lot. Like I'm very willing to cancel meetings, podcasts. Like if I'm like not feeling a vibe, I just like cancel the podcast today before I'm just like, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with meetings. I'll like refund people, everything. But what I've started doing is, you know, just saying like cancel and we don't need a reason, Mm -hmm. but, and when I feel like there's like a teachable moment or I feel like sharing, it's like, I'm unable to show up for you the way that you need me to in this moment. You know, I have somebody in my life right now who's energetically demanding so much from me and I'm going to have to say, that's why I love this term energy management. And it's causing me so much anxiety because there is no way on any planet that I would be able to give her what she needs from me. Mm-hmm. And instead of feeling so guilty and playing it over in my head and da, 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 I know what needs to happen. All I need to say is communicate and say, I'm super grateful. I appreciate you so much. I'm not capable of giving you X, Y, and Z right now, period. Like yeah. no reason, no anything. And, and also this is making me feel really anxious because I'm just not able to have that kind of relationship right now. And I think that that just goes back to boundaries, which is a whole another conversation. Boundaries are the best and the worst. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Tell me more about that. Like it, it goes hand in hand with energy management because what Jake and I learned, like sidebar on just like understanding your own self and feelings. I don't know if this happens to you, but the more I invest in self-discovery and self-learning, the more I'm critical of every feeling, thought, movement. I'm like, why? What's the core of this? Where am I going? And like, sometimes you just have to feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Where? Yeah. And sometimes you just have to feel it or like, I'm just not okay right now. That's it. There's no point. Um, But when Jake and I started working together, it was such a hard shift because I've always been a part of the company as um, his wife and, and support. And I worked at the factory and I've gone on the trips and everything. But when I actually was his business partner, we're so different. And I had to learn. We did personality tests. I, I read this great book about introverts and extroverts in love mm. that it not only helped me with Jake, it helps me with every single person in my life. What's, because it, what's it called? Extroverts and introverts in love. That's I'm, it. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I am pretty sure. And it's like, we had to look at all of those things in order to have energy management because I'm a morning person. He's an evening person. I, the second I wake up, I'm alert and ready to go. And that's my, my window. But if I come at him with that energy in the morning, I set his tone horribly. Right. right. And if he comes at me at eight o'clock, that sets my sleep energy horribly. So right. understanding the boundaries of you can't put boundaries in place until you understand your own energy and you, you have to, you have to be strong enough and trust the people in your life that if they don't understand or get defensive of the boundary, it's because they're uncomfortable with it. And that's not your responsibility. Um, which is such a hard one being like a people person, a lover, a passionate person. Like I just want everyone to be happy and everyone to love me. And I don't want to push anyone away. And I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feeling. And I'm just going to like shove Corey down here and like hide it and then show up. And, you know, um, we're, we're coming out of this era of, um, the hustle, which I fucking hate. 
the term hustle and the fake I it till you want to hear it again. I, it's those phrases are so unhealthy and it's, it's, it's what makes you not be able to have any kind of management and any kind of uh, boundary because you have your, you have to go constantly and you can't see where those boundaries are needed. If you're hustling, you can't see until the burnout happens. You can't see until you get off the call and you are like, how do I have 10 wins right now? And I feel nothing. I feel void. I feel like despair. How do I have despair when everything's going right? Like this doesn't even make any sense. And it's because we don't understand our energy and we don't understand the boundaries we need. Like there's a boundary that I put in place with Jake and I. Um, we live far away from friends and family. We have friends here, but we live far away from friends and family. We lived together um, up until a couple of months ago. We lived in a one-room place that didn't even have like a living room. And I learned that I have to go away once a month for a solo weekend. Full stop. No reason. I had to tell. I, I worked with Jake. I worked with my therapist. I'm like, how do I communicate that I need to be alone and I need to be away from him, but it has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with the fact that because I'm so introverted, I'm such an empath, I'm such a sponge, I can't hang around other humans. So like I need full shutdown things. And because I know that I can set up a boundary and be like, actually, this is a weekend of n- nobody. So I I will not. And the power like of that. have a whole conversation, like a, part two on extroverts versus introverts. Yes. It's so fascinating. That book, I just like, it was one of those books. These, there's so many great books. Like I know you're a huge fan of Glennon Doyle and um, like, it's one of those books where you start highlighting until you realize you've highlighted the <laughs> fucking book. And you're like, shoot, I have no idea. Like exactly what thing resonated. I'm going to have to reread this again. I'm going to have to like really digest it because clearly it struck a chord and introvert and extrovert is such a, there's so many levels of it. Like I'm an extroverted introvert. And that means that I'm outgoing. I like public speaking. I like presentations. I like being around people. I'm a mood booster. Like when I go to the photo shoots, my role is just like to be fun and have fun. Hype woman. Yeah. Definitely. And then at the same time, I know, and this is through years of learning myself and energy that on a weekend or a week, I can't have two social outings in a row. I can't have these things pile up because then I'm depleted. That extrovert tip is only useful if I nurture the whole part of me, which is introverted. It's so powerful. And I just love how you give yourself permission to do that. I just, I know myself and so many people included, like have such a hard time with that. And I think the more we can talk about it and say it, it's just, you know, even just hearing you talk about it, I'm like, there's like five things I don't want to do right now that I just like need to say no to. It's so powerful. The last thing I want to talk about, cause we're definitely going to have a part two, by the way, um, I already can feel it, but there's one thing, um, that just really struck a chord when I read it and it kind of dovetails off of this, uh, end of the hustle era is scaling versus strengthening. And I think that this is such a powerful conversation and needed because 
it's something that in the last year, so like very quick summary, I had something happen to me in May within business. I got burned really bad. Then I hit burnout because it just was like a crumbling wall. COVID had happened. We lost one of our biggest clients, just like full crash, took 30 days off, didn't know how we were going to make it. We always, you always figure it out also, by Mm -hmm. the way, Um, spoiler alert. Um, but I decided I had this massive shift that I no longer wanted to scale Mm -hmm. and that I wanted to be a boutique agency that only worked with very specific clients, people that I chose, people whose energy was aligned with mine. And then the rest would be me coaching, teaching one to many. Um, so lectures, classes, courses, et cetera. So I can like really help as many people and then do these one-on-one custom strategies and restructure the entire business to be boutique and not scale. Mm -hmm. Right. And actually, because I think as a business owner and we are so much stronger now and have made so much more money with this business model. And I think people come to me all the time and they're like, I want to scale my business or how do I scale? How do I scale? And I'm so fucking sick of hearing Mm -hmm. this. So can you talk to me about what you mean by scaling versus strengthening and just unpack this and what we can do to really strengthen, you know, what are some tangible things we can actually do within ourselves and our business? Yeah. It's almost exactly the same experience as you're saying with Ethnotech, because when Jake started it, he's, he's so good at what he does. They led and ran the business as a, as a business, as a big business. And his first wholesale was REI and like that's bonkers and the thing is is that sounds so exciting but it is a nightmare you 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 haven't figured out anything in order to provide and sustainably provide so ethnotech had five or six years of um trying to maintain big business and be a business and be a company and speak as a company and um speak as a team, even though it's like one person or it's like, totally. we've had a bunch of um, different people that have been full-time employees, full-time owners. We've had all these people come through that have brought us to where we are, but maybe aren't with us anymore. But when I came on, I had like my, my knuckle cracking moment, which I actually just cracked my knuckle gross. Um, (laughs) I had like my, like, let's clean this shit up moment because it's impossible to maintain and sustain those moonshots and you can't you can't run before you crawl you can't do all these things before you learn and um like taking a taking an inventory taking stock that's the biggest thing that anyone can do to to figure out how to strengthen is taking inventory like i just observed everything and i was like give me access to everything let's talk to everything i'll join every meeting let's figure things out where are things going like this doesn't have to happen we don't need this and there's all these things that we're still doing a dance on to make it sustainable because we're almost a decade in and it's still not sustainable but that's also because we have a crazy supply chain but we we originally wanted to have like a new country partner or a new artisan partner every year but the time effort love management nurturing like all that time that is required to build that relationship, it's impossible and detrimental to everybody else if you stack and stack and stack and stack and you get you get buried under it. Um, 
we just, we just shared on our Instagram, like our uh, sourcing roadmap, just to be like, if you want to do something big, just look at how many things it takes for you to get to that and dial back and take the time. It's like the deadlines, the arbitrary goals, the like, you know, by Q4, I want something, something. And we now know, and everyone better than ever um, with the last year, plan for today, plan for this week, have pencil drafts of your goals. Do not have a nice PDF one page promising. You know, Jake says this, this thing we were doing, we've done a couple of Kickstarters and um, he did this thing. He just keeps reminding me of um, under commit and over deliver. And it's just something to always remember because, you know, blow them out of the water when it, it's right. Yeah. But don't show up when it's wrong because you can't come from a place of confidence, authority, or, or truth if you're, if you're saying our team when it's two people. Like I've written on my private, um, like my personal Instagram, all these things being like, remember that there's humans behind every single business. Anything that happens in the world right now, there's a human back there. Like let's, let's remember that we're not a big umbrella. We're not we're not all computers yet. I get these hater emails and I'm like, it's coming to me. Like, who do you think? And I write back like right away, yeah. like hater emails or like this person who, you know, I won't even get into it, but she was dissatisfied for whatever reason with something that she bought. And I personally wrote her back within like 20 minutes and refunded her. And she was just like dumbfounded. Yeah. And I'm like, I want you to be happy. Like, obviously like you're not, and like, you don't need to rip me apart. Like, here's your money back. Like, yeah, I'm happy to return things. (laughs) And then I just had this other funny story. Like this, this gal's been writing me and there's no way I want to work with her because there's just like the energy is a strong no, but I happen to know through the grapevine that she's one woman show and she's writing on behalf of the team and the company. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there's something so inauthentic about that. And it's so beautiful. Like my company authentic audience, there are three of us. It's the, it's Clay, Krista and Katie. Like that's who you're talking to. So when you email me, it's either going to be me, Clay or Katie who responds and we're all going to know about it. We're all going to see it. We're all going to be CC'd on. It's not going to be like lost into the ethers. And so, yeah, I just think that this, this whole conversation has been Oh, just such an exhale for me. And I know for so many people listening and especially like this year, right? Like there's a reason why my strategies are always 90 day and people just want to get so ahead of themselves and me too. Like we had our projection meeting for the first, you know, uh, Katie came out to visit and we had like a quarterly projection and I'm like, we don't even know what's going to work yet. And we got to leave room for the magic. So we fully planned Q1 and Q2, but then it's like, I know I want to launch something this date and this month, but is it going to be around selling or is it going to be marketing or is it going to be launching? We'll see where the vibe is, you know, and leaving space for that magic and for my energy. And I think that's more what it is like, And I do feel blessed to be able to be in a job, in a position, in a relationship, in a marriage, in a, in a, you know, situation, politically, economically, socially, all of the things that I can choose. Yeah. And I believe that when you have that privilege, you've got to use and you've got to share it. Um, And there are so many little ways that we can take our energy back, whether it's muting somebody on social media or just not going on Instagram at all. Like, 
there are some things that I really don't want to see right now on Instagram because there's something I'm anxious about and I don't want to like even be reminded that that could exist. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't even just, I don't even want to go on. And if I need something to be posted, I'll have Katie or Clay share it. And that's a really epic way to take your energy back. And there's just so many things that are in our control. And especially when you have a business to run and a mental health situation that's like, you're not able to prepare. Like if you had told me in March of last year that I was going to crash that bad in May, I wouldn't have believed you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we just can't really plan for that kind of stuff. So man, I just think that, you know, this conversation is definitely to be continued. (laughs) You have said so many things and there were so many things in those notes that I wanted to touch on and like give a whole you know, hour to. And I just want to thank you for being so open to having this conversation with me. I have a feeling this is going to be one of the most popular episodes. And that's the other thing I want to say when I share about a win or a new launch or something that's like so epic and so exciting. And I'm so stoked on it. My engagement is like, meh. But when I share about mental health, or a panic attack, or being on antidepressants and Lexapro, and blah, 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 blah. The, re- the, the response that I get, and we're going to have a whole conversation next time on external versus internal validation, but just to say that this is needed. The response is overwhelming. Like, thank you for sharing about your medication. Thank you for sharing about Lexapro. Like, messages, DMs, comments. I'm struggling. I feel, you know, thank you for giving me permission. I'm a business owner too. I feel like my, you know, people aren't going to buy for me or clients are going to leave for me. Every single person that is paying me right now, I'm pretty sure knows I'm on Lexapro yeah. and doesn't give a shit. Like whatever, whatever it takes for you to totally. be you, right? <laughs> yes. Whatever it takes. And I think that's my prayer. And And I want to ask you yours, but my prayer specifically around mental health, women, business, all of the things we talked about today is to just give yourself permission to like be fully where you're at. If you're having a moment, cancel the call. If you're on a high, like when I wake up and I'm like mornings lately have been epic for me and I've been crashing in the evenings, which is new. Cause I'm usually, but I got a puppy. So now I'm up earlier. So I'm tired at night. It's like totally fucked everything up. And I'm like, okay, redo my schedule. Mornings are when I get my shit done. So it's like ride the highs, be like, give yourself space for the lows. And also just know that like, I see you, you're doing the best you can. And like, we all are, you know, and it's like, we're so hard on ourselves and that compassion, that love that we give to our kids, our friends, our spouses, our dogs, our pets, like just like turning that inward. God, I just wish that. I wish that for people. What's your prayer? What's your prayer for people listening, for people struggling with mental health, for people that are just drowning in their business and not at all paying attention to their energy? Like where's a place to start? Loneliness Mm. and addressing loneliness and admitting when you're lonely because life is lonely. And with the advance of technology, it feels like we're so much more connected, yet the polar opposite is happening. Um, And really just acknowledging when you're feeling lonely. Like I realized last year that that's what I had to share when people were like, how's things going? I wanted to be like spinning out, panicking, everything's on fire. There's a shipment container that is lost at sea right now. I don't like just, I want to spew everything. But 
my full stop feeling is loneliness. I'm lonely right now. And I don't know what element of loneliness I can actually nurture right now. So that's the first one. Being an entrepreneur is the loneliest. The loneliest. And the funniest part of it is that no one has their shit together. Literally no one. No one. Nike doesn't have their shit together. Like Apple doesn't have their shit. No one has their shit together. And no one knows what they're doing. Everyone's trying shit. The bigger the company that I've worked for and that I've been pulled into, the more of a shit show it is. I'm sure. And like the less able anything is to actually get done. They're just like using investor money to like buy lunch for everybody every day from like expensive restaurants and nothing is even happening. So I think that's such a good point. Nobody, and I mean, nobody has their shit together. Somebody came on a a strategy call with me a couple months ago. And she was like, I was like, why are you here? You know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, because you're such a hot mess and I love how much you own it. And I'm a mess too. And like, that's what nobody gets on a call and is like, I'm here because I heard you're like really good at marketing. Yeah. They're just a true connect. Yeah. It's about the true connection. And that's why you and I are here. It's not about how my company can help your company expand. It's like, well, even when we had that podcast, which was awesome, like, I love your company. I believe in your mission. I'm like a huge cheerleader, but there's like a deeper connection and like what we're really doing here and who we're really speaking to and who we're really helping. And I'm so stoked for you to step into this new role as a mentor. Can we like create a call to action for this? Like, how can people get in touch with you? Who do you want to work with? I, um, was up all night trying to make a landing page. Um, and it's, I have like the worst imposter syndrome right now. And I know that you have it right now. And I know this week you're facing it. And that's my other wish to everyone else is to trust your intuition, your gut and trust yourself because you do know what's real and you are being proved wrong right now. So hard by your fears. I'm watching it happen. I'm coming. I'm dying it's for be it. So epic too. Corey is referring to my sales training that yeah, I found I, launching for fucking three months because I feel so resistant. And yeah, so- but that that trust um, is there. So I have to trust myself that I know what I'm doing and that I I can bring value. And um, my la- my love language is acts of service, and so I want to do this purely because um, it gives my life purpose to show up and serve and. I, uh, I really want to just be that like sounding board that like I, I picked accountability, clarity, and structure as my three core things to just show because everybody needs that and you can't, and you can't get it from multiple sources. Sometimes you just need someone to, to pull you out of the weeds and, and lay it all out for you. And it doesn't matter if you're like got a huge business or you're by yourself or anything. And so I just, I'm just opening up like you know, my time for more friendships and relationships really. And I, um, I made a landing page. I have a website and it's my name. Everything is my name. It's very easy spell to it, find. Spell it for us. <laughs> so it's, everything is Corey Oreck. So it's two four letter words. It's such a tiny, easy, tight knit name. So it's C-O-R-I-O-R-A-K. So it's that on Instagram. It's that.com. It's that on Facebook. It's that everywhere that right. you might I just it. have seen you work your magic, not only with Ethnotech, but just with so many other 
companies and situations. And I think that you would be such a valuable asset to so many of my listeners and their business and, and, and where they're at. And even just what you sort of teased, um, what you did when you came in and had that, you know, sort of overall approach with ethnotech. And I think you hit on three of the most important things in business. Um, so I, yeah, I would just, if you want to connect more with Corey, I can't recommend her enough, Aww. but you can't have her as your anxiety buddy because no, you can totally have her. I'm like getting anxious. About <laughs> you're like, but wait, I need to ask something. Yeah, I get that so, feeling all the time when I promote share things. You're like, I want to hide that this thing makes me happy. <laughs> totally. I'm just so grateful to know you and be on this journey. And I know that we have a long you know, fruitful and beautiful, um, relationship ahead. And I can't wait to see you guys and hug you guys again in person, but yes, check out Corey's website. And also Ethnotech is their incredible company. I'm obsessed with all their stuff. Their bags are just absolutely beautiful. And you can listen to that podcast, um, which maybe we'll tag in the show notes or I'll figure out a way to share that as well with, with Corey and Jake, but thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I love it. I don't want to hang up. Um, <laughs> let's plan to have a part two because I really do want to dive into this was a really good sort of like layout of mental health and how it affects us and all these things. But I think there's some really specific topics like the internal validation versus external, the unworthiness, the guilt, all of this stuff that I think can expand way beyond mental health and just like mm-hmm. the human experience. And how we cope with that, especially in business and putting ourselves out there doing something new and doing it anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, to be continued. I'll see you next time. Oh, I'm up for it. Always. Awesome. And for everybody listening, um, this was so special. Corey and I decided a very long time ago we wanted to do this. And then because of my mental health over the summer, I postponed and timing is everything. And this was medicine. So Thank you for being here on this journey with me and allowing me to do this and have these conversations and drop in this way. So again, so, so grateful. And until next time, keep growing.